I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. So I've been doing a lot of interviews while I've been stuck at home, and uh, some of them have been with people from the present and some from the past. So today I'm going way back. Uh, so I have Chris Page with me today to talk about the design of Ice Age. So welcome, Chris. Hi. Okay, so I want to do a little setup for the audience because not a lot of them know some of the... So way back when, when Magic first started, Richard had a lot of playtesters, which you were one of them, back b- yep. before the game came out. Yeah. Um, and then Richard, sensing that maybe one day, he didn't realize how quickly, but maybe one day there should be more Magic, he had some of the playtesters, different groups, went off and made their own set as, as yep. something Magic might need. So you were among what we, now, we now call the East Coast playtesters, which was yes. you... Scaphalias. I'm sorry, go ahead. He added me to that group. There was uh, three people uh, Scaph, Jim, and Dave. Right, so uh, Scaphalias, Jim Lynn, Dave, Dave Patty. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Richard added me to those people because I had already been feeding him lists of card ideas uh, back in the beta part of the play test. Some of my card ideas got used in the gamma play test. So. He so, wanted to grab me for someone for one of the groups, and I was not uh, pushy as far as being part of a group. So let's go back to the very beginning of Ice Age, because so people understand um, your group. When Richard said go off and make a set, um, Joel Mick and Bill Rose and Charlie Catino, that group went and made Mirage. Yeah. Um, Barry Reich went and made a thing called Spectral Chaos that we borrowed yeah. for some of Invasion. Um, but you guys went off and made. A set codenamed Ice Age, I believe, right? Correct. So let's talk about that. How did that? Why did you guys do that? You could make anything. Why was it Ice Age? Um, it was Jim's idea um, to do a themed expansion to go in the past. I'd uh, done one of my uh, April Fool's posts about uh, how to redo Gathering Green, and it ended. It started sane and ended rare with a card called uh, a cookie monster where like chaos orb, you would messily destroy artifacts by putting your mouth and chewing them and ended with me going and derail until we should start a Sesame street expansion with uh, letters from mana and such and such. And Jim said, well, maybe we should do a themed expansion, but uh, let's try doing some sort of historical thing going back in time. What about ice age? And uh, that's, that's what got the idea for doing an Ice Age thing, to the best of my memory. Okay. So what what is your earliest memory of making Ice Age? What what, what, what did you guys do first? Um, basically, we sat in uh, rooms of DRL, David Rittenhouse Laboratory, where three of the four of us were grad students. And uh, made took the existing uh, list of what was currently Magic and made small changes in it. These are some cards we'd like for a different environment. Change maybe uh, 30% of the cards, 25% of the cards, and we'd see what would happen. Uh, the idea back then was, you know, to uh, slow, you'd have a fixed set for magic, the original magic, which was the black border, and then after those sold out after a year or two, transition to a different Black Border set, Ice Age. Right. Let me, let me explain that for the audience. Um, 
The original idea for magic wasn't expansions in the sense that we have now where you keep building on top of magic. The idea was magic would come out, it would sell until it was gone, and then just a new magic would start being sold. And so, right, you guys were trying to make a, a base set, but just a tweaked version of the base set because yeah. it wasn't going to be a additive, it was going to be replacement, sort of. Yeah. So, well, let, let, let's let's talk through some, like, um, of, of the mechanics and stuff that ended up in the set. Do you remember what happened first? Uh, what happened very early on was the co-op, the cards that uh, crossed colors, like Tinderwall, where you had a green card, but it also was even better if you had red. Basically, it was a 0-3 wall, but you could spend a red mana and do some damage. I think those were Scaff's idea very early on. In fact, Richard borrowed one of those for his last five cards, uh, Stitch Troll and Alpha. Uh, cumulative Upkeep was also a very early one. It was Scaff's way of, I believe, wanting to fix Illusionary Forces, which in original playtesting was 4-4 four, four for four mana with uh, upkeep of a blue mana, and it was... Uh, it caused blue to dominate with combat on top of all the counterspelling. And so Scaff's fix was to have it... Richard's fix was to drop the toughness to one, which is what happened in the in the final release of Magic. Scaff's fix was to give it a cumulative upkeep so you could only have for a limited amount of time. And that was early? That the cumulative upkeep that was, was early? early? Those were the early mechanics... Uh, there were some, there were five multicolored spells. Uh, they were the color hosers that, the multicolored ones that really hurt uh, the one color that they were opposed to, Ghostly Flame being one of those. So just I'm curious because uh, in actual sort of magic history, Legends was the first set that had gold cards in it. But did you guys have gold cards in your in your set? Oh yeah, we had gold cards in our set before camp. Gold cards, we didn't know they were gold border, but multicolored cards were something we kicked around during the playtest during playtest period on the mailing list. That was a known thing. I think Richard didn't avoid it. Richard avoided in the original release just to keep it simple, and because it developed late in the playtest phase. But can could you talk about the mailing list real quick? What, what was that? Oh, there was a mailing list. I joined in. There was a mailing list, uh, Magic Dash L, that all the people with the coast that were on. A number of the playtesters were on both our group and Steve Conrad's Canadian group. It was my way of contacting people um, after Richard finished his thesis and got a job in Washington uh, the summer of 1992. That, that made me actually get an email account. And it was a way of discussing what was going on, posting card lists, analyzing stuff, Richard making announcements, proposing changes, and also uh, Peter Axton talking about development issues uh, as far as uh, dealing with printing and stuff like that. Okay, that so... Was, that was the main list. That was the main discussion mailing list that connected these various groups. 
So I think if I remember correctly, when Richard first asked you guys to make something, there was no t- timeline. Like they had no idea when that would happen. He just was preparing for what he thought a would eventually ish. be needed. What? A year, a year or two after. So, a new thing would come out every year. I think was the rough thing, but yeah. Okay, so magic takes off. is a little more successful than everybody guessed, and they realized they needed things a little sooner than that. Yeah, they realized. I think if you there's that uh, one picture of all of us where, like October of '93, realizing that this stuff is selling really quickly, and we we're planning expansion a month. At that point, Ice Age was set to come out um, October, but uh, maybe we should be ready to have it in September kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it got pushed back some because we realized that was crazy. Yeah. The big thing was that we realized people wanted new cards. And the idea of having only – having 70 to 80 percent – Recycle cards, especially in the rares, was problematic. So there was a fair number of discussion. There was discussion about what should we do about Ice Age, and Richard's suggestion was to let them, let us uh, just rework the set completely and add in lots of new cards and tweak other cards. Okay, so I just want to ask about some other things that were in the set and sort of how they got made. Sure. Um, so let's talk about cantrips. So. Uh, we just for the audience who doesn't know, we refer to a cantrip now as spells where you draw an extra card. When you play the spell, you get to draw a card. You guys did a slightly slower version of cantrips when you first introduced them. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about how that came to be? Sure. Uh, that was one of Richard. That was a thing that Richard proposed of uh, one or two ideas, be- probably sometime in the year before Magic was released. And that was something I latched onto and pushed to include during Ice Age. We included the delay loop because we didn't have strong playtesting at that point. So we wanted to make, avoid degeneracy where you could just cycle through your entire deck in one turn. So that was just hesitancy for the loop. Yeah, in early Magic, there wasn't a lot of development. I mean, there was a little bit, but not like yeah. we have now, where we have, you know, playtesting. Well, play Empires and Ice Age were actually the first. There was one serious playtest group, which I basically ran, and that was beginning of playtesting. So some of the cards were playtested, like Necropotence was originally did not have the delay loop. You could just cycle through cards immediately. And thankfully, we managed to catch at least that much off of Necropotence <laughs> during. But we had a book... I mean, it spans like 60, I can't see if this mm-hmm. is a playtest book with like 60 pages worth of notes on just testing various combinations where we, and we wouldn't, we'd throw in 18 of a card, 18 of a, 18 of the problem card, 18 of a land, and four of something else kind of thing. So we were mm-hmm. um, not a bit, we were trying to see what happened when you had gross amounts of something. So you brought up Necropotence just because that's a pretty famous card from Ice Age. Do you remember the origin of Necropotence? No, unfortunately. Um, Lich, which is a similar one, was came about because we were talking about greed from Legends, and we were worried it was might be degenerate. I think it was the first expansion card we ever playtested. Mm-hmm. And we wondered, well, what if you tweak this? And so that's dangerous. We should 
save it for later. And we did with greed and necropotence may have come out of that same kind of thought space. Okay. Next, uh, snow, snowlands. Where did snowlands come from? That's my fault. That's your fault. So how, how did yeah. how'd it happen? Uh, that happened just because I was trying to think, how could you give a basic land and how could you do snowy land? And I thought, well, what if you just give basic land and a tribute that other cards trigger off of? Other people liked it. We added it in and it turned out to be a bookkeeping mess. Uh, what you don't see in Ice Age is about 40 cards that have or 20 cards that have minor tweaks like a plus one, plus one, plus zero if there's snow-covered planes in play, or uh, cost one extra mana if you don't have snow-covered such and such in play. And since we were worried that snow-covered land, we were so worried that snow-covered land wouldn't be better than regular land that we had all the pluses and minuses kind of balance each other out. Mm. So it became a logistics pain. Towards the end, I tried to rip the whole thing out, but thanks to art... We couldn't rip it out entirely, so we still had it. And I was very happy to see that you actually made it work in Cold Snap. <laughs> and if you wonder why there is essentially no snow cover stuff in Alliances, that's why. Yeah, the, 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 the audience doesn't really, uh, unaware of this, but I've worked on Alliances uh, on the development side. Um, when you guys made Alliances, it wasn't really made as an Ice Age set, right? It was just made as its own set. We were just having fun. Uh, originally, the idea was that there would, uh, back in like 93, there'd be two expansions for Ice Age, but uh, one of them uh, got shunted off to the uh, Homelands group. Mm -hmm. um, anything else? I'll try to, uh, uh, we talked about Cuma Upkeep, Cantrip, Snowlands. Anything else that's memorable from, from Ice Age that you want to talk about? Uh, things that were a component of the set? Um... Yeah, we were. Uh, we had number six. We were trying to match. Well, one memorable thing was that uh, we had not yet had the idea that common cars should not have the smallest uh, font size on them. So we had <laughs> some cards like Balduvian Shaman. This whole idea, it, you could change the color of the circles of protection. Basically, you could do. You could change uh, one word, the color, yeah, let me, let one me. color name on a card, and give that illusion cumulative upkeep. Let, let me read, um, Chris. Let me read the card to them just so they can yeah. understand. So this is a common, guys. This is for the common and Ice Age. So it costs a blue mana, Balduvian Shaman. Uh, I'm reading it as it's written on the Ice Age cards. Summon cleric, tap. Permanently change the text of target white enchantment you control that does not have cumulative upkeep by replacing all instances of one color word with another. For example, you may change counter black spells to counter's blue spells. Balduvian Shaman cannot change mana symbols. That enchantment now has cumulative upkeep one. Yeah, so that was... <laughs> It also turned to be turned out to be we made we tried to follow the gathering uh, card list like swap out creature for creature that kind of stuff but it turned out to be more defensive than regular magic. So here here's a question for you. Um, this is true of 
this is true of Ice Age and a, a few other sets like Fallen Empires. You got that your team designed. You see, your team seems to not be a big fan of flying. Like they're just less flying than normal than in, in other sets. Yeah, I think that because we all had strong personalities and uh, all. We had the unfortunate mechanism that a card could only get in if all four people approved with it, which sometimes meant, well, we had two hours discussion uh, discussion about what to do with Giant Spider, for instance, whatever mm -hmm. our I, – I don't remember the name of the replacement, but the – I'll get it. Was, I'll get, two, three, that would get plus zero, plus two if it could block flying creatures. And certain people had their colors they really liked or things they liked. And some people, I don't remember who, thought flying was really, really powerful. So uh, we didn't include much of it at all. Yeah, I think I think Scaff was not a big fan of flying, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that that's my that's my memory, but I'm not certain of it. But yeah, that would track. Yeah, Wooly Spider was the card you were thinking of. Yeah. One green, green, two, three, can block creatures with flying. If Wooly Spider is assigned to block a creature with flying, it gets plus zero, plus two, it'll end of turn. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh, it's very interesting to me. I love hearing how other teams have done stuff. This idea that all four of you need to agree to add something. Talk a little bit about that. That's very intriguing to me. Um, It's uh, being in a room and arguing back and forth and trying to find some sort of compromise card we'd have lists on the blackboard often of cards either back in the physics department or there was one time where i came out for a week to wizards of the coast to develop that um, in their basically in their house the house of three of them shared and uh various wizards of the coast uh meeting rooms wherever those were at that point yeah, the, you know, and yeah, so occasionally it would be oh, the three of us would come to agreement while the fourth person was asleep. That would sometimes happen. Um, I remember Incinerate was a rough one because we uh, wanted to recognize Lightning Bolt was too powerful. Some people thought Lightning Bolt was too powerful, so we duplicated. But if we made a card that cost two mana and did three damage. That would be a strictly worse card, and we were generally trying to avoid strictly worse, strictly better, unless it was really extreme. Like Wall of Wood, we didn't care that we made a card better than a 0-3 wall. And the eventual compromise was to give it a tiny plus. Uh, doesn't uh, incinerate, also uh, prevents regeneration. Yeah, so it's one RDL3, and then no creature can regenerate uh, yeah. damage by it. Um what well, well, here? Well, I'm quick tell a quick story. Just to, I, I, well, I, you and I had never worked together because you never worked at Wizards. Your three um, uh, fellow designers, uh, Scaff and Jim and Dave. I did work with all three of them. Yeah. Uh, and Scaff and Jim, I worked. I mean, Dave. Dave left a little bit after I got there, so Dave and I overlapped by maybe yeah. a year. But um, the story I always tell about Scaff and Jim, just because it's to show, like when you talk about you have to argue things, is I remember it was late at night. Scaff and Jim were arguing. Uh, I was, I was tired of the argument. I went home, went to sleep, had a full night's sleep, got up, had breakfast. I come into the office. I mean, it's hours and hours and hours and hours later. And they are in the same spot having the same argument. They hadn't left since I had gone to bed the night before. That sounds about right. Yeah. Dave was 
Dave and I were somewhat less opinionated than uh, Jim and Scaff, which isn't hard, but we still had fairly significant opinions. So it was uh, four eagles trying to find compromise. So, yeah, it was um, some of the cars had a long uh, discussion period. What is, what's the car do you remember having the most arguments about? Probably Wooly Spider. Just because two four for two four for um four mana mm-hmm. seemed uh just too weak. And uh the other alternative table I think was just a two two and this was a creature that blocked flying. I think the final compromise was get a larger defense, but only one was blocking flying creatures. I think the plus zero, plus two, when blocking a flying creature, was the compromise. And then we could we could put it at three mana because it wasn't always two four and be able to block whatever the three three creatures that came out were. A lot of this discussion was also theoretical. We almost never sat down and tried it out. Uh, this because we didn't have the resources. We didn't have the time. We hadn't really done this before. But So um, we so probably you, argued into a number of theoretical things that were wrong. Well, right. Well, one of the things early on is the, the ability to play test. I know in Alpha, Richard sort of had you know made cards. He wrote them on little tiny pieces of cardboard. Um did you guys do much playtesting? Um, I developed... The four of us did not do much. We had the playtest groups. Uh, there were problems with actually just, at this point, just sending the cards, getting that organized, that uh, one of the groups got the cards like one week before the deadline for playtesting, and we lost a few playtest groups like that. I developed a playtest group that started doing rigorous playtesting. Uh, myself, Stephen Mulholland, Bill Brickman, and some of Tamara Duran, Mike Clark, uh, Brad Kierkegaard, friend. One of them is a friend I had in my lab, and some other gamers who ran a game store. And we just started testing the cards. Uh, the big thing was since we had a science background, we tested against known standards. We created a couple standard decks started creating statistics for how these competed against known what we call touchstone decks and analyzing them. And that did catch a number of cards. I think our motto was this card sucks. Our job is done. (laughs) So at this point we were looking for cards that were too powerful. We weren't focusing cards, which were too weak, which was something that would be covered later in later years, which something else was important, but we were we were looking for degeneracy at this point. So, what else? When you think back to making uh, Ice Age, what what, what are your uh, any other memories that really stand out as being like this is a a, a very strong memory of making Ice Age? Um, uh, its release was interesting. Uh, also, just creating cards. Uh, spending lots of time going through various uh, files, uh, and uh, they were all written up in tech, which is a mathematics language. 
because that's what Richard used for original thing. Uh, printing out various uh, sheets while we were designing various playtest sheets uh, using some sort of cheap graphics program and uh, playing them. Can we? You, you mentioned the release. That's a great story. So let's talk a little bit about the release of Ice Age. So what is your, your memory of the release of Ice Age? Uh, you were there, weren't you? I was there, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry I laughed at you about uh, the uh, Zurin Orb thing. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it was a reaction I was expecting most people to have, because this idea... We have the idea of Zurin Orb, which is uh, for zero mana and sacrifice a life, sacrifice a land, you get two... You get two life, and you're just seeing how far people would go to sacrifice to gain life. But it turned out to be an interesting stalling card. Yeah, the, the real quick story just for the audience is, um, so we're in Toronto. We'll go into that in a second. We're in Toronto. We're at the event. The previous, there was one previous event. Um, and I had been playing with a card called Dark Heart of the Wood, which is similar to Zornorb. Yeah, uh, that was the inspiration. Right, and so anyway, I play, and I thought that card was a. I thought the Dark Heart of the Wood was stronger than people realize. So I saw Zern Orb. I'm like, how can we print this? And I went, I went to Chris and said, "Isn't this broken?" And Chris goes, "No, no, no, it's fine." <laughs> um, I remember that. So that was. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. So uh, to talk about Toronto and like what, what was the pre-release like? So let, let's uh, talk a little, uh, about that a little bit. I don't really have many strong memories of it. Just it was a. It was weird because it was a giant room with all the people playing something that you'd helped design. So it was, I guess the word surreal comes to mind. Yeah, so it was it was the very first pre-release ever. It was a large room yeah. with lots of tables with all the people playing some sort of maybe Swiss tournament of these brand new Ice Age cards. And also just getting to see them play them for the first time and discover what was out there because nobody knew. Yeah, so the tournament, just for the audience, was, uh, it was run with Ante, so when you defeated your opponent, you, you, you played with Ante, so you would win and lose cards as you played, um, and then it was done, I think there was a cut on day one, so everybody played, and the people with a certain record would get cut to day two, and then, and by the way, the trivia was, I played in the event, because I was reporting on it for the Duelist, I made the yep, cut to day two, and I was, I had to step, they're like, you can't play day two, so I had to step out, I had to drop out, because... I wasn't supposed to win the yeah. thing, so. <laughs> I vaguely remember there was discussion about that, but yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I dropped on the next person got my spot, so that's how it happened. Um, yeah, and the other fun thing about Ice Age was, like, do you remember they brought it in, like, armed guards brought it in, uh, and they, do you remember that? Nope. Uh, I take your word for it, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, okay, so finally it comes out. So what, what was it like seeing the set you'd spent a long time on um, finally finally come out? It was cool. I mean, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't get to see many people play it. I was at uh, Gen Con that year, so I did get to see people play it there, mm -hmm. which was really neat. Yeah. yeah, it's funny looking back that in some ways, I mean, I guess... Legends was the first large set, you know, large set other than the core set. Um, but in a lot of ways, Ice Age to me was kind of the first sort of um, a little more modern. I mean, Legends had a, Legends had a lot of issues in that it didn't really understand how it was structured. Uh, it had a lot of neat yeah. ideas, 
But Ice Age yeah. really felt to me like the first kind of cohesive large set in, in, in a way that paved the future. You know, it, it, yeah, it's a very... I, I remember development of Legends, yeah. Ice Age was kind of a transition point, I, somewhat. It still is a problematic set, just in length, just installing kind of thing. But I think for the time it came out, it was good. What it really could have used was a lot more time for play testing just to find out this stuff. The, the other thing I should stress is at the time of Ice Age, I mean, you guys were aware of Limited as a concept, but the sets weren't really developed for Limited per se. Mirage was the first set that was really consciously made with Limited in, in mind. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, we were doing this one in a vacuum. Alliances, we started putting out cards to respond to particular decks that came out. But yeah, by Ice Age, Ice Age we were not responding to the current environment. So what is, uh, I'm, I'm almost to my desk here, so we have to wrap up, but what is your favorite card from Ice Age? Um... Oh, Pygmy Allosaurus. Okay, so I got a dinosaur in. Okay, so Pygmy real quick. I'll just tell them what it does here. Uh, it is uh, two and a green, two, two, summon dinosaur, and it's Swamp Walk. Um, so you're just happy you got a dinosaur into Magic? Yep, I'm a dinosaur fan, and I was able to justify, because there was a Scientific American article about dinosaurs that they uh, found in Antarctica, and one of them was Pygmy Allosaurus, so... Well, that's cool. Yeah, that that's Magic's first dinosaur, and like it's funny. Uh, at some point, we we moved away from dinosaurs. Yeah. I think we made it a beast for a while, whatever. And then Ixalan came back, like, no, it's dinosaurs. It, it got to go back to being a dinosaur. So, well, that an old fogey, an old fogey, yes. <laughs> well, anyway, Chris, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been, uh, I, it's fun for me to go back on sets that predate me. That that doesn't happen a lot these days, but uh, it's fun to hear about stuff that I wasn't even there for. So, thank you for joining us for that. Yeah. And guys, I'm at my desk, so we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So once again, thanks, Chris. Thank you for having me. And I'll, I'll see all of you next time. Bye-bye.